Computer, play me a podcast. Parameters. Star Trek The Next Generation. Time period, early 21st century. Program loaded. Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. With your hosts, Cameron. How does the holodeck work? Marcy. Guys, it looks like a dildo. And Rob. I think a lot of the things in the show, yeah, not bad. This week's episode, Sarek. So uh, our baby decided to come on our anniversary, which is kind of weird. Mm. And the little baby was crowning. And, and the, the housewives are having it at home, home birth in the bathtub. And the, the midwives, not housewives, what the hell, the midwives, <laughs> were like, oh, look, the baby's crowning. And I was looking in there and I was like, what the fuck is this? It's like, <laughs> I'm having a Klingon baby because her hair, she has an incredible amount of hair, just like her father. Her hair was like matted in the myconium, which is like baby shit that like uh-huh. you know hangs out in the womb there, and it was just like matted. So her, first of all, her skin looked like it was you know the the tone of of a Klingon, and then she had this like mm-hmm. awesome like matted ridge across <laughs> her skull. And then you know as babies are born, their skulls are like these weird football alien mm-hmm. HR Geiger shaped things. So I was just like, <laughs> yay, a Klingon child! This will be great. When's baby's first batleth? I'm I'm the guy to do it. How is her beard coming in? Her beard's coming in slowly. I, I <laughs> rub my beard on her face every day to try to, Good. you know, you got to transfer those beard germs. It encourages to, growth. Yeah. The beard seeds. Yeah. That's great. My baby seeds. also had a weird shaped head, but his lasted longer because he was stuck. The spot that was like the one little zone that was coming out was, uh, came out lumpy and he actually wore a helmet for a couple months after when he was a little bit older to reshape his lumpy, lumpy head. Good. But their heads do eventually, like Play-Doh, grow back to the shape they're supposed to. Cameron, how's your how's your baby's head shape? Right now, they seem pretty round. Good. And, uh, it's important. Yeah. It's important that they have round heads. I mean, I've only dropped them a handful of times, so it should be, <laughs> should be all right. Child well, services. If you, if you drop them one way and the head becomes misshapen, and you have to drop them down the other side that's, to that's even, true. even it out. That's what they say. Hello, and welcome to Green Shirt, everybody. I am Cameron who defied all logic and did not watch The Next Generation growing up, but here to help control my raging emotions as I do watch it for the first time, the Black Widow to my Hulk, it's Rob Campbell. I don't know Black Widow's catchphrase. What is it? Let's get widowed. The sun- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to marry a rich man and then murder him. I'll make you a widow. And uh, as you heard his uh, newborn baby story at the beginning, we've got our guest host, the Wolverine to my Dark Phoenix, Ooh. the other Rob. Hello. Rob uh, M. I am the other Rob, the Dark Rob. Dark Rob. From the like other it. universe. Uh, <laughs> so a couple episodes ago, I just got to address this right now, right out of the bag. Oh, no. Oh, you have a okay. correction? No, no. You asked me, uh, Cameron asked me to be his Chadish. Oh, yeah, and that's right. I just wanted to reply by saying, Jaloshnish, huge catch, dodge dodge. Oh, that's I perfect. accept. Was I supposed to say something after that? Uh, no, you're supposed to. to... Oh, then we just like clasp hands, like big knife. I mean, predator style. Yeah. Okay. That's good, great. Good, good job mm-hmm. on that delivery. Finally, he's accepted months <laughs> later, but I'll take it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Better late than never. Well, sadly, Ensign Marcy is not going to be able to make it this week. She is absent. Uh, she lost one of her beloved fur babies and reasonably did not want to come on and make jokes about growing old and, and losing oneself. So, So she won't be here. But she will be episode. back. She'll be back. Don't worry. She's a, she didn't get angry at us and just storm off. She has a reason. So today is actually the uh, 30 years ago today was the day that this episode aired. The day that Whoa, we're what? This. So that's kind of cool. That's weird. That is kind of cool. Well, because our first episode was 30 years to the day of the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, they match back up. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess we've been going it along in a good clip then. The episode that we are speaking of is Sarek. And Rob, I guess you're just going to be typecast as the guest host who comes on every time we have an old age episode. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. My, my <laughs> least favorite episodes. <laughs> Horrible old people makeup. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a pretty good ep, I think, overall. I'm not usually, you know, me. Uh, I prefer sci-fi to straight drama. So we'll see where that comes out at the end. But this was a nice dramatic turn. Some good acting that happened, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I mostly enjoyed it. I was wondering what uh, Mr. Campbell's thoughts would be 
because there wasn't a lot of action. Not a lot happened. It takes a ding, like a, a point ding for that. Um, not enough sci-fi, mm-hmm. although there was maybe almost enough sci-fi, and we'll get to the few sci-fi moments that there were. You know, originally, uh, since Marcy isn't here, I had to do the deep dive into the making of the episode. Uh, when they were pitching in the writer's room, you know, they just thought like, oh, yeah, someone could be going into mental decline, someone important. And then someone was like, well, it could be someone really important from the Federation. And someone was like, well, how do we make it sci-fi? Well, it's got to be an alien. What about a Vulcan? What about Sarek? And I guess they finally thought it was time to to make a good connection with the original series. Right. But apparently there was some uh, a little bit of trepidation about doing so mm-hmm. up to this point. I guess they didn't really want to do that. And then they kind of were like, hey, this opens the floodgates for more callbacks to original series. I hope so. I love it when they do it. Yeah. Gene, Gene Roddenberry had like expressed, he had forbid kind of references to the original series and the, and the old cast. So yeah, like you said, this was, this was the gateway. Yeah. Even though they, the original episode had McCoy in it for like yeah, no yeah. reason except to have him in it. Right. Well, yeah, we open up with uh, Picard and Riker in their finest of dress robes. Picard is just fanboying out over having Sarek on board, Ambassador Sarek. Uh, yeah, he's so he's totally fanboyed out. They have their their dress onesies on, which is great. <laughs> Does anyone know was Sarek like foundational in the creation of the Federation? Oh, yeah, he's a big deal. Like he's yeah. I thought so. He like he even shows up in Enterprise and stuff, right? Oh man, he's in like the animated series. He's in the original. He's in Discovery. He's in everything. He's in like all the movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much only know him from the movies, but like, he, yeah, he does come with a certain amount of prestige and uh, gravitas. Good stuff. Good stuff. But before we get to him and Perrin, Picard mentions in a in their walk and talk that he had met Sarek at his son's wedding, and we assume yeah. it's Spock's wedding. Ooh. I mean, is it? Is- According to the like online scuttlebutt, there's this weird like eugenics going on with like, uh, you know, Sarek like marrying only Earth women, and it's just it's it's weird. Yeah, dude's got a type. What is it like? The rounded ears really do it for him. Like, <laughs> oh, those those soft curved ears. Is that why he makes pear and cover her ears? Because they're only for him to look at. Hmm. I guess. Yeah, maybe. In we get beamed in. We get. Uh, what, Kai or Key Mendrosian? Key Mendrosian. And Sacketh. Mm-hmm. The instant I saw that dude, Sacketh, I'm like, I'm so bummed Marcy's not here with us. This dude is her type. He has all triangles. He's super <laughs> tall, not built. I mean, this is her ideal super soldier slash <laughs> oh, uh, whatever boy, boy toy type character. The Sacketh guy's got to be knocking out of the park for her. Very angular. We're missing out <laughs> on another super soldier fight. Keeman Drosian is played by William Dennis. I can actually just go through everything he's done since it's only 10. Golden Girls, New Heart, Growing Pains, just the 10 of us. He did Perfect Strangers and then Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead in 95. Oh, hey. That's the last thing he did. Was oh, well, that was a good one. All of them. I love that movie. Um, but then the other fella, um, Sacketh, is played by Rocco Sisto. Uh, he's in 59 Things. He started in 84 with a movie called Scream for Help. Shortly followed by After Hours, which is a Scorsese joint. Mm-hmm. So he, right away, he was working with Scorsese. He's in a movie called Me and Him, and the cover of it is a word balloon coming out of a, a man's um, crotch. <laughs> because that the uh, description is that it's a man's enthusiastic penis starts talking to him, getting him to, into awkward situations and convincing everyone he tells that he's completely insane. I have to watch this movie. Sounds amazing. I, unfortunately, the reviews say it's not as it's kind of mediocre bad instead of fun to watch bad oh man but he doesn't play that he's just a character in that movie he doesn't it's a griffin dunn who is the same guy from after hours for some reason these two this character actor has been in two movies with griffin dunn carlito's way he starts he starts playing um gangsters almost almost exclusively after that he's in Hmm. uh, donnie brasco as richie gotso and he's in the big heist he's in jag All right. Uh, He's a mafia gangster in Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas. Oh, hey. In the video game for the Warriors as well. Uh, He's in The Sopranos in three different episodes. Young Junior Soprano. Hmm. He was Young Junior. You know, Junior, the old man in Sopranos. No? I'm sorry. You've never seen Sopranos. I missed that boat. How dare you? And he's still active to this Mm -hmm. day. That's Rocco Sisto. Yes. So Rosencrantz and Guildenstern beam on up and they immediately seem like they're up to something. Yeah. And seem like they just came in from a Ren Fair. 
Well, I think Sack, if like they forgot, you know, when they beam, they beam all the human waste or, or, or in this case, Vulcan waste out of them. I think they forgot and they accidentally beamed uh, probably Key's waste into Sacketh because he is like, he's got waste go. like his shit, like you like Vulcan feces and it's kind of green. <laughs> okay, is it? Well, is just it? look at his face. It's is yeah, that, it's very. It's is like that canon that they remove your shit when you beam in? Is that canon? Uh, yes. Here, let me get on the wiki real quick and change that. <laughs> and add it. It yeah. makes sense that they would. They don't want you to arrive and like, I don't know. They want you to be comfortable. Right. So these two fellows, they say, hey, guys, Sarek's about to arrive. Go easy on him. He's going a little. He's he's old. He's super old, bro. And Riker, he's just always so skeptical of everyone. I just love watching Riker. His eyebrow arches. He looks at Picard. He's like, what the fuck are these guys talking about and i'm like what they're not saying anything outlandish yeah he is old like riker why are you giving him the the old riker eyebrow it is a little odd i guess that they're like he's super old but we still don't trust him with this really important thing that we're doing but we can't right. he can't go to the the concert that would be too much he's no right yeah <laughs> well and then you're right about riker like he gives o'brien a really kind of scathing look like i think uh, picard says like energize or whatever and mm-hmm. and it takes o'brien like a second Riker looks over like come on motherfucker like <laughs> it's like he's, he's doing it right then like give <laughs> o'brien a second dude but yeah like Riker's just overacting and rolling his eyes and like giving these super pregnant looks jonathan frakes always has to be doing something in the background yeah, it's, i have a lot of background much. notes for this whole episode but yeah, yeah frakes is he's he's always got something going on he's always got his own story going on in his head we get Perrin and Sarek arrive. Uh, we'll do one last IMDb minute here. I'll try to make it brief. Perrin is played by Joanna Miles. She's in 78 Project, starting in 1954. Um, she's in this movie that looks kind of has a cool poster called Bug, where an earthquake releases a strain of mutant cockroaches with the ability to start fires. <laughs> Another movie I have to see. Yeah, that's cool. And then, spoiler alert, she'll be in two, two episodes of Next Gen. And then Judge Dredd, she plays Magruder. Cool. Ooh. And then uh, a little Chicago Hope, a little ER. She's in a weird combination of Tom Selleck made-for-TV movies, Crossfire Trail, mm. Monte Walsh, and Jesse Stone, colon, Thin Ice. I feel like your dad is probably a big fan of those ones, Rob. He might be, or maybe he was in the Magnum P.I. days. I don't know if he's following his career much these days. Sorry, the other Rob. I don't know your dad. Oh. That's right. You don't know my dad. <laughs> oh, shit. Probably. My dad, yeah, back in his Magnum P.I. days. So. <laughs> Sarek is played by Mark Leonard, no relation to Leonard Nimoy. Mark Leonard is in 30, uh, 61 Things, starting in 1951. Original series, he's in two episodes of, of TOS. He's in Mission Impossible for like four episodes, the old series. With Leonard Nimoy? Probably. Mm-hmm. One one episode of animated series, the Star Trek animated series. Finally, uh, the Star Trek movie, the Star Trek three, Star Trek four, and another episode of next gen and Star Trek five and six, five and six, three, five, six boy. But anyway, so he does, he does come back. Okay. Exciting. And then, uh, he ended his career in 1993 in the heat of the night. He died oh. of something. Uh, we shouldn't go into it. <laughs> Oh shit! Now no, I gotta he check just that out. Melt, multiple myeloma, cancer of oh. the plasma cells. I thought you said he melted it first. I was like, oh, no, no, we're going into that. Oh no! Yeah, he melted. So he didn't play Sarek in Star Trek the movie. Guess who he oh, played? Oh, that's right. Oh, who did he play? He was a Klingon captain. That's right. Oh, and yeah. he played a Romulan in the original series before he was Sarek. Yeah, so he's one of the few people who've played a Vulcan, a Klingon, and a Romulan. He's got the egot of Star Trek aliens. <laughs> that's cool. But this whole family, they are really into the whole like hood toss and dramatic turn because that's how Spock is always introduced in the movies and shows. And there's no reason for him to beam on board like at an angle like he is, except to do the hood toss <laughs> and dramatic turn. Parents facing forward. It's the most logical. It's the most logical <laughs> way to beam onto a starship. True. Okay. Same with same with the clothing. Like you look at Perrin's like jewelry. Is that logical at all? What and, like, is what she wearing? They're pointy-toed shoes. <laughs> they're dangly shoulder things. It's like she's gonna trip over her gown. It's like how is what? This is all like a super aesthetic weird stuff. There's no like utility in any of this. 
I'm noticing in my notes right this second that if I scribble Sarek, the A looks a little different. It looks like Shrek. So oh, that would be a very different episode. <laughs> According to my notes, Shrek is in this episode. <laughs> Shrek visits the Enterprise and starts going through dementia. <laughs> so they're all like, hey, go easy on Sarek. And then Sarek arrives is like, I didn't get the memo. Everybody take me to the conference room right this second. Wow. Let me That's get at right. Let me at that conference room. I need to see it. And then and then they they leave and Picard does this like slow <laughs> stare into the camera and you're like what is going Why on? Why does he stare right down the barrel of the camera? I don't know. I think it's because like last week they ended the cold open with, you know, killing data and so this week they were just like, well we got to juice this up somehow cuz nothing actually happened. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of funny because I think almost every commercial break this episode ends with like the camera zooming in on one character. And I wish that like every time they just turned and looked at the camera. Just this one episode. (laughs) Well, they do a couple of times. They do a couple of times. Like that dramatic groundhog meme. (laughs) Exactly. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, You guys know what what they're working on in the next room? Oh, uh, Wes and Jordy are cooking up a batch of Ligorin slime. You know what that is? It's a oh, no, it's a hot tub slime machine. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, you guys. We did it. Thank you. I laughed so hard I pulled out my <laughs> headphone mic. Yep, I'm done, you guys. That's it. That's it for the episode. Uh, yeah, there's nowhere to go now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wesley's got a hot date. Oh, yes, yeah. he does. I have questions about that, though, because last season we established very firmly in one episode that he is 15 years old. So he's 16, maybe 17 at most in this episode. And he is dating an ensign, not an acting ensign, someone who has gone through and completed Starfleet and got a job on the Enterprise. She's got to be over 18, right? Well, Wesley is a space 16, and that's uh, time works differently in space. Oh, that's true. Okay. When you're, when you're traveling in warp or close to close to the speed of light. Relativity. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that, that seems like an awfully big loophole if there was a ship full of pedophiles out there. <laughs> oh, no, officer. We were just warping. <laughs> maybe she's like a savant and got into the academy a little early, you know, and yeah. know, maybe she's also, I mean, you think he would seek out another genius, child yeah. genius like him. Yeah. Is this when yeah, Sarek is it says the room is not ready and there's ominous music about the readiness of the of the conference room <laughs> these walls are not shiny enough that's the best part or no they're too shiny too shiny they're too bright yeah he has been he's worked for 93 years to prepare for this and in that 93 years he's decided how bright the walls should be <laughs> that's yeah. a very important aspect i would have loved to have seen him like pull out the uh, dp's light meter <laughs> <laughs> and why not have the meeting in the holodeck Oh, yeah, right. Because if if they had in the holodeck, they say, computer, uh, move all the shit off the walls and computer dim the lights. This is the conference room. Like they built this entire hot tub slime machine in the conference room. (laughs) You're right, Rob. Why not just have the holodeck create this? I think this I don't think this was a conference room that they changed. I think it was a science room that they are now calling a conference room because it's where the conference is going to be held. But also, if you. Do go to the conference room at the um, Red Lion and you install a, um, a, a hot tub filled with weird glowing slime. Mm-hmm. You don't get your deposit back. <laughs> I know that. Oh, you don't. Right. Do you at least get a free pass for the buffet? You, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you don't get an invited back for the next year's conference. Trust me. <laughs> That's right. So the next scene is on the bridge and I... <laughs> I gotta say, my heart really went out for Picard here, where he's like, oh, this is not the journey I thought it was going to be. Like, he really wanted to just, like, sit down and fanboy out with, like, this hero of his. And I really felt it from him, too. I was like, oh, poor Picard. Well, instead, he gets to freaking mind meld with him later, so it, it works <laughs> Holy out. Holy cow. Oh, in yeah. This he, moment, in this moment. Spoiler alert. He gets his dream come true. <laughs> that's right. That's true. Um, but they decide to go ahead with the Mozart concert. Mm-hmm. A lot of concerts. They have a lot of concerts. Yeah. Yeah. And so Troy gives him the brilliant idea to go down and invite Perrin, Sarek's wife, to the concert since Sarek seemingly can't go. And why is this scene so flirty? Did anyone else read it as flirty? It felt. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. So Troy's like, hey, man. Yeah. Uh, Picard, you should go talk to the wife. And you see Riker instantly kind of scowl a little bit. He's like, that's my job. That's my job to talk to the wives, you guys. Come on. <laughs> 
I'm going to talk to the sleek wives dressed in weird Vulcan <laughs> garb, and I'm I'm going to see your ears first. Damn it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I didn't notice the scowl, but then as soon as Picard leaves, he does give Troy his like classic like. Grin. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on, Riker. It's not going to be like that. And it's kind of like that. It is. It's weirdly intimate. Yeah. It's funny that the idea to invite the wife, it's nice to know that in, even in the future, they have to remind the captain that women have agency and can also attend things. <laughs> that, like, exactly. <laughs> he who is my exactly. wife. <laughs> <laughs> so she says that she would like to, and Picard leaves, and then she goes in where Sarek is attempting to meditate, but he cannot. Oh, it was meditate. I'm sorry. I thought they said, I thought she said masturbate. <laughs> it does look like he's in a toilet when it cuts to his room. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. And it, she says, like, you know I'm right. He's like, oh, no, no, just leave me alone. It feels like right now it's establishing that Perrin has been trying to convince Sarek that he is going through the Bendai syndrome. And then I was wondering if her bringing him to the concert was like an attempt to try to prove that to him. Because, like, when he cries, like, she rips up that tear and gives yeah. him the snowing look. And I didn't think about it the first time because I didn't know about Bendai syndrome at the time. But the second watch, I was like, oh, this is she's trying to convince him here. That's interesting. Coax it out of him. Yeah, I, can, yeah, I, I think see they're, that. they're all kind of in uh, denial, especially, I mean, obviously, especially him. But the mm-hmm. whole crew is in denial and just chalking it up to old age and not Bendai. Because I guess Bendai is pretty rare it sounds like so and apparently also very insulting to insinuate that somebody has it but then what does she think she's right about she thinks she's right about that he has bendai syndrome i'm assuming was the unspoken subtext of that line i don't know but Uh, we get uh as we leave uh sarek's room we get to see sarek like the music swells and sarek stares right into the camera oh does he damn i did miss that one yeah and then we get some West and Geordie action again. <laughs> oh, man. This is oh, where it man. picks up. The episode gets pretty awesome. Is that it? Can I get out of here now? It's your hurry. You don't really think anything's going to happen with Suzanne Dumont, do you? At least I'm not spending the night with a good book like some people. What's that supposed Ooh. to mean? Just what it sounds like. Let me tell you something. You'd get more action out of a good book than you'll ever see on this date. I'll guarantee it. She's not going to waste her time on someone like you. Someone like me? She's way out of your league. Since when did you become an expert on women? Compared to you, every male on this ship is an expert on women. Well, at least I don't have to find my women on the holodeck. What did you say? You heard me. Yeah, I heard you. Just what do you think is going to stop? Something wrong? Wow. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. First of all, <laughs> I like the idea that the scuttlebutt on the ship is like, have you heard? Jordy is reading too much. <laughs> 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 well, and then yeah. how did Wesley find out about hollow Brahms? Like he's he has well, he, he been hacking the holodeck too? Jordy's pretty upfront about his hollow addiction. Like, wasn't he talking about it with somebody else? With well, it was to Barkley, who was also yeah. hollow addicted. I I don't know if Jordy would be going up to Wes and being like, "Man, Wes, I just fell in love with a hologram." No, Jordy has like these little pamphlets. He goes around on the weekend and knocks on your doors, like tell you about the dangers of hollow addiction <laughs> i i was once i once had to suck a klingon's dick just so i could get a few extra minutes in a holodeck now, now i'm the chief engineer <laughs> okay okay i buy it i think it's probably safe to say that many crew members you know find love on the or at least companionship on the holodeck so you could probably oh, accuse sure, anybody sure. of it and probably hit them you know negative <laughs> truth got a 50 50 shot of being right <laughs> yeah. so but my big question is we later learned this is from sarek's psychic emanations he is emanating his psychic emotional instability out into the ship which makes me kind of think that you know people's emotions are increased but like they're not necessarily making people be pissed about things they wouldn't normally be pissed about which seems weird in this scene because, like, so apparently Wesley is actually frustrated that he at Jordy that he has to stay late and work, even though it's not Jordy's fault at all. And then, even though Jordy seemed sincerely like supportive of Wesley going on the state in previous scene, now we find out that he's inherently like jealous of Wesley. Is that what's going on? I don't know if it amplifies or just makes them grumpy and want to lash out at whatever they can grasp. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's. Sarek's like regret like his his core emotions and I wonder if he's like off placing them so like 
Jordy's regret of not, you know, having relationships and making him mm. jealous. And I don't know if it's just amping up certain key emotions that uh, Sarah has or if it's yeah, just emotions in general. So apparently Sarah was really pissed about Spock being a little snot to him at one point. Probably. Yeah. Oh, interesting. In Discovery. Yeah, for sure. At the Mozart concert, the I like the audio when they're coming in is uh, Picard addressing the scuttlebutt about Worf putting... Uh, uh, oh, who was it? It looks like I wrote Namaste. Damato. Damato. That's a D, not an N. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, there's just a little, like, blink and you miss it reference to something else that's happening on the ship. And I like mm-hmm. that. Once again, Picard is just being flustered at having a naughty employee on board. Right. Just like yeah. Barkley. Like, I, what is this? Someone's being written up on my ship? Same with same with Riker. Like, hey, Daddy Picard, I, I'm having a tough time here because two of my guys don't like each other. It's like <laughs> this is a freaking starship. This is like a military slash science starship. Like, they should have some. Like, not everything has to be the captain's problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so then we find out that Data is the human jukebox and like offers up what soloist he would like to uh, uh, emulate perform. Thank you. Yes. And uh, that brings us to my quiz for the night, guys. So I'm going to play a piece of classical music, and I want you to be able to identify who the solo violinist is in it. Okay? Are you ready? Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Uh I'm not going to do that to you. Data. (laughs) Skrillex. It's Skrillex, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to like, really? Is there really that big a difference between the violin? Like, how many different ways is there to play the same note? And I'm sure classical musicians would be like dude you fucking simpleton there's it's of course it's there's a huge difference <laughs> and i was just wondering like you know what are some things that you guys are like feel like luddites about like i cannot tell the difference between these things i feel like a person who's unknowledgeable about a lot of things like uh the examples i can think of are like when i bought a house and they made me sign all these papers and they're like this means this and this means this and i'm like okay sign sign sign, sign. <laughs> yeah yeah well more more about like you can't tell the difference between like mm. one thing and another like you know wine is the big one except they've proven that like wine snobs can't tell the difference either <laughs> um i mean one thing i can tell the difference on is like video formats right like i'm enough in that world Especially things like when, you know, the new TVs have that motion smoothing yep. on. Like, oh, I cannot God. stand it. And then oh. my parents are around like, I can't tell the difference. There's I nothing different it. about this at all. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But you do flip it off when they're not watching, right? When they're not oh, looking. Yeah. No, I, that's my mission in life is to turn all motion smoothing off. Agreed. It's terrible. It's so terrible. I would say whiskey. Like, I can't. Like, I go out to fancy whiskey places because I want to look like I'm cool. And then it's just like, <laughs> I'll take that one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Tastes sure. like whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, music formats, I definitely can't tell. Because people are always like, MP3s are a lower format, CDs are a lower format than vinyl. And I'm like... Vinyl. You, you play me a vinyl, you play me an MP3, I'm not going to know the difference. Right. That's a good point. Uh, me, I can't... I, I know everything about everything, so... Okay. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's how you become an alpha. Jeez. <laughs> so, who's the old guy? Uh, old, Sarah. Sarah? No, and the, yeah, the, the violinist next to Data. There's oh. like this really old dude, and he just... He looks more like he belongs in the Orange County Symphony than on the Starship. There is not great miming from all four. Performers. No, terrible. <laughs> like they should have watched somebody playing the violin for two seconds before they pretended. Oh, really? It's just they should. They assumed he was an actual violinist. Like, why else would you cast this guy? He does not look like he belongs on the ship at all. All four of them. Uh, terrible. He's only got two pips and he's like 90 years old. <laughs> Too much screen time. They really should not. The scene should have been shorter and had less... <laughs> the violins performing it would have been less awkward so again like i can i tend to do this with the good episodes where like it's just a solid episode so i'm going to pay attention to what's going on in the background to try to mine the quirkiness and it is funny the old guy he's like listening in while data's talking about which violinist you could emulate and it's kind of funny because at first his brows furrow he's like what you're going to emulate who and then oh, he shit. kind of like <laughs> and then he gets surprised when he hears all the ones he can do and then he starts nodding he's like mm, yep that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one too mm-hmm. <laughs> these other funny. violinists you know they're up there they've got to be thinking like i have been training on the violin my whole life for decades and this fucking android downloads 300 different violinists and like automatically gets the featured spot in the mozart symphony kind of not fair they don't have jealousy in the future cameron oh shit that would be illogical yeah so yeah we get deep into this mozart symphony as you say it goes on for a while we hear two different pieces of mozart Uh, kind of another interesting story though when i was doing the 
the deep dive is uh it wasn't originally going to be mozart they're going to do another kind of more contemporary to us song that would be classic at the time in you know the 84th century and i did download it so we could hear it (laughs) so i think i think data was going to be this part here (laughs) <laughs> no wait. I think Data was going to do the Mortal Kombat part. Perfect. <laughs> we haven't had that uh, that sound drop in a while. It's good. Yeah, that's for you. I'm, I'm very depressed that Marcy wasn't here for that one. Well, why don't you send her? Well, we'll send her that clip before we edit the episode. We'll just. I, I think so. Get her on our ringtone. I do love that uh, during the symphony. You can watch in the background. You can see Riker in the back, and he's like, he keeps eyeing the door, <laughs> like, okay, is this over yet? <laughs> just came here because I felt it was part of my duty. They probably have concerts like every other day. And he's like, fuck, another concert. Another Jesus. concert. So we see uh, Sarek starting to tear up. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, shit, Sarek's crying. And then they can tell Picard's like, oh, man, he's a beta cuck. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was an alpha, but he's not, not the same. No. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Never meet your heroes, kids. <laughs> Uh, so disappointing to see another man cry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. What a bummer. Picard, like, he freaks out, and then he does that another thing where he stares into the camera. That's like our third. Dun, dun, Whoa, dun, I was dun. looking for it, too. Wow. So they they usher him out, which is another this is another time where you're like, who's aware of what's wrong with what's his name with Sarah? Right. Well, all three of them are aware. But again, I think they're still chalking it up to weird old age issues i really don't think they oh think- i don't think so i think all three of them know sacketh definitely knows and i think key is like he's key's the ringleader key has like sacketh along as the little guy to mitigate the damage and right. then and then maybe parent parent might be out of the loop i don't know but well because she seems to be trying to convince Sarek that something's wrong with him okay but while the other two keep like lying to him and saying no no you're fine yeah i have i'm under the impression that parent i mean they, I mean, the Bendai is apparently so rare that they don't, that they can't imagine it's happened happening to him. I don't, I think he, she thinks it might be something else. She thinks it's something though. Uh, they haul him out of that concert and we have the Beverly yells at uh, Wesley scene, which oh, is great. The mommy dearest scene. Yeah. What did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. <laughs> what? I feel like there should be more to that that we missed. Oh, you're actually just uh, supposed to slap your friend when you say that. Oh, I can't. I can't slap you guys. Though. <laughs> okay, that's what that's what's missing. So come in, and I mean, it is on like this weird shot of Beverly drinking her tea, all pissed off. Mm-hmm. But we haven't seen her angry yet. But we've seen Wes angry. So I thought when he came in, he was still going to be all pissy and be like, "Bitch, where's my breakfast?" <laughs> <laughs> Mom, you didn't cut the crust on my sandwiches. It occurs to me now. Whenever it is, like, this is a soap opera shot. We talked about soap opera shots like mm. a long time ago. About the dramatic episodes are more likely to have them where somebody is, she is sipping tea in the foreground, and Wesley comes in from the background. It's yeah, it's very Days of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. And then we learn there's an arboretum on board this Enterprise. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Maybe that's why everyone was surprised when they walked in on the woods on the holodeck with Barkley. They're <laughs> like, why don't you just go to the real woods? We have some on board. <laughs> that's too expensive for us to ever show in the actual episodes. Maybe the arboretum is just a shuttle they bring in, like the puppy shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <it's> just... <laughs> we got tree shuttle, a puppy shuttle. We got the lube shuttle. and. <laughs> The triple shuttle. Of course, people <laughs> tuning in for the first time don't know about the puppy shuttle. But <laughs> Oh, there's a shuttle with puppies. That's right. And sometimes bad things oh, happen to that shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sackith gets a tour of the bridge, and he starts fishing with Data. Uh-huh. Like, not Hardcore. very. Yeah, not very not, subtle. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of, like, Trump at a news conference. <laughs> like, the moment Data starts, like, pushing him on any of the questions, like, well, this is over. See you guys later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no <Yeah>. reason. <laughs> <laughs> then we get a pretty amazing uh, sequence coming up. We we bring back uh, was it Desoto uh, Namaste who was written up. <laughs> Riker and Warfer walking down the hall, and uh, we get the possibly the greatest edit in Star Trek history when we go from oh I haven't noticed anything weird on board <laughs> to opening the door and it's the biggest. 10 forward brawl ever it's pretty and good they just they just stand there for like 10 seconds like huh <laughs> there's a giant fight going on here i wonder what we should like, do you know a really violent fight like they could have played a lot of this for laughs but they 
like that headbutt into the bar, I felt that in my nuts. Oh yeah. Yeah. Smashing tables and man. Oh man, it was it was rough. But that first ten seconds they're like, is this an animal house style fun <laughs> food fight <laughs> yeah. or something more? Do we join or do we stop them? <laughs> right. Well before uh, I mean before we see the fight, we see O'Brien you know getting right. pissed off about his table. Which is fine. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's kind of a great cut because yeah. we end that scene with like, oh, okay, they smoothed it over. Everything's right. fine. Yeah, it is really good. This has a lot of fun background stuff to watch. Uh, in one scene specifically, there's like this little blonde girl who just huh. like totally takes out this bigger guy. Huh. And I'd like to think that was Ensign Marcy back there. Oh, yeah. Aww. Nice. Yeah. And Let's, it made me really wish that Marcy could have been on this episode. And, can you and yeah. slow mo that footage and uh, Photoshop or, or uh, you know, <laughs> Edit her face onto it. I will do what I can. Make a gif or something. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. The background stuff is fun when Worf's holding the guys awkwardly, <laughs> uh-huh. and like people with hands kind of in their faces, like uh-huh. like clearly not trying to hurt the other extras. Riker gets a palm strike to the face, Ooh, yeah. right in the nose. Yeah. 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 That's fun. I'm not clear on what on how exactly the anger infection is targeted usually it's just like a couple people but apparently it was mm-hmm. targeted to this room in this case like the entire room of a bar full of people and but not when Riker and Worf walked in mm-hmm. not quite clear on how it works I, I'll, I'll jump ahead just a little bit where Picard uh, confronts Mindrosen about this why am I not affected by Sarek's supposed condition and Perrin how could his wife function normally if this theory of yours is correct I cannot explain that and apparently neither could the writers, because they never do. <laughs> but to go on. Hundreds of others on board have not been affected either. I have not. It appears to be random. Proximity, apparently, has no bearing on this phenomenon. Now, I thought that was funny, because when I was watching it, even the first time, I was like, oh, everyone he's come in contact with starts acting up. He goes into the conference room where Wes and Jordy are, mm. and they're the first two that mm. we see. Then he goes to the concert, the symphony, and suddenly, in the next scene, the whole bar room is breaking out into violence. So I thought for sure it had to do with that. And Well, yeah, me. and if proximity had nothing to do with it, then it wouldn't be happening just on a starship, like back and, you know, all over the place. So definitely, right. like, has proximity... Some proximity. Yeah. It has something to do with it. I think Key is being a real dick in this in this scene. Uh, for <laughs> yeah. for Picard's career, he's like, "Oh man, right?" He's speaking to him so like right. insubordinately. Well, that was a moment where I was like, "What does he know?" And what's he trying to do? Because yeah, like if he knows that Sarek does have Vendai syndrome, then that is a super dick move. Well, he makes all these big threats, and not to jump ahead, but like he makes all these horrible threats about the career, and then there's like no repercussions, like. Okay, Key, you're lying little shit that, you know... We're oh, repercussions. Of that. Yeah, I think one of my last notes is, is it logical to keep around two aides who have been systematically lying to you? Like, yeah. I guess he doesn't have much of an option until he gets back to Volca in any way. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we introduced the idea of Bindi syndrome. I'm just going to call it BS from now on, for sure. <laughs> no other reason. Talk, talk about drawing the short straw. So it only comes... Like, it only affects Vulcans that are over 200. Right. Mm-hmm. And Sarek's only 202. I mean, he could have gotten... <laughs> oh. Oh, man, that right. sucks. And there hasn't been a case in his lifetime. Bummer. I didn't realize Vulcans were psychic in that way, though. Like, obviously, I knew about the mind meld. I didn't know he could just project his emotions out. Into yeah, that the they're world. telepathic. I guess that's what they yeah. say. Vulcans are telepathic, which I never yeah, thought much about. I bumped a little bit on that because, yeah, other than the mind meld, I never knew that they were. Even in like the original series, Vulcans are kind of thing where like every five or six episodes, you kind of reveal some new little secret power mm-hmm. that makes them different from humans and this is <laughs> i think just an extension of that like oh but did you know but did you know they could do this <laughs> so this is when picard brings him and draws in and then after he leaves he calls in data and we never hear what they talk about and then data confronts saka so like what was that conversation yeah i'm under the impression that picard knows that data and saka have have spent some time together and then maybe data has some insight or maybe. can kind of del- kind of yeah. get in there and dig in or is it just bit. like Hey, neither of you guys have emotions. Go talk to each other. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on like between the scenes and stuff. And I actually kind of find that interesting because there's, mm-hmm. yeah, after the data versus Sackith, there's like a cut. It doesn't even, like Sackith starts to open up and then it cuts and then data kind of mm-hmm. takes it from there. I don't know. It, it kind of moved the story along and, and it kind of yeah, lets you sure. wonder like, yeah, what's going on back here? And it feels like something's going on. It's not like one of those right. scripts where you're like, they just show you everything right on the sleeve. There's extra stuff kind of moving around behind the scenes, which is great. Yeah. 
And then we have Sacketh and Data in the slime tub, in the hot tub slime machine room. Uh, <laughs> and man, I, at one point I wished that they were like, hey, you want to take a quick dip? And then <laughs> they like, you know, share some dish, Ooh. dish the dirt in the, in the sauna together. That'd be fun. Get some mimosas. Data, <laughs> you realize that your uniform is illogical to wear in this tub. <laughs> <laughs> I have an erection. It would only be logical to help me relieve it. <laughs> Where's this episode going? I did not expect this. Uh, we are presented with like the big conundrum of this episode, guys, though. So I want to know where you fall, because this is going to tear the podcast apart, I'm sure. And we'll have to put a poll up and everything. Civil War. Is it? Exactly. Is it Sarek or Sarek? Ooh. His wife and Data say Sarek. Pretty much everyone else, including me, say Sarek. I think it's Sarek. I, I mean, so. his wife also but calls his it wife. His wife also says instead of Bendai, calls it Bendy at one point. So <laughs> his wife yep, is she's, just she's discredited. She's discredited. <laughs> okay. Picard realizes he's going to have to go confront Sarek, and the emotions finally rise to him and Riker. Yeah, that's out of nowhere, kind of. And I wanted someone to be like, "Gentlemen, you can't fight here. This is the battle bridge." Uh, uh, Except mm-hmm. it's not the battle mm-hmm. bridge, and. That's not this movie. Most of the time, uh, the other scenes, you couldn't just say, hey, stop being angry, and they've stopped being angry. But Right. I guess Picard and Riker are, are such control over their emotions. I, I, I admit, though, I, this one did take me a little bit by surprise, because at first, like, Riker's anger seemed a little righteous, like he was getting pissed off at the aides and stuff for lying to yeah. him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, he seems, he seems a little hot here, but holy shit, he's killing at Picard. Oh, right. That's, that's the whole... Uh, MacGuffin of this episode, Cameron, get your shit together. We've talked about how Riker's been grumpy this season, like less, a little less happy-go-lucky, and maybe it's just he's been under this grumpy spell from uh, Sarek the whole time. Maybe. Oh, could mm. be. No proximity, yeah. <laughs> he he ordered some of Sarek's uh, fingernails in on off eBay. <laughs> a weird thing to buy on eBay. Well, originally he yeah. got them for Picard because he knows how much Picard right. loves it, but when he opened it up, he just couldn't resist, and he just kept That's... it for himself. He made cufflinks out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Alzheimer's is bad. That's what I learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they talk, you know, there's a lot of discussion about how this episode really addresses the dementia and Alzheimer's uh, mm-hmm. shit. And uh, yeah, it does a good job at, uh, I don't know, at giving us a space dementia. Yeah, I think so. And I, I thought like, because it was probably a risk to do this with Sarek. Like we said, like he is a character that people love and, you know, have a lot of uh, respect for so to take this character this way was kind of risky and i thought they balanced it well i thought they did a good job of people yeah honor but people love this episode i was looking at like a bunch of reviews and stuff and they're like yeah this it was emotional you know it kind of like spoke to gene roddenberry's failing health like it just yeah people loved it and and Mm -hmm. yeah i think taking this character that we care about and putting him in like this type of like turmoil and emotional distress like it's you feel for your character, you know, it pulls on your heartstrings. So, yeah. Uh, and so then we get down to uh, eventually they kick everyone else out and it's down to Picard v. Sarek. And Sarek's like, presents your arguments. I'm a logical being. Let's see what you got. Without Sacketh there, do you think the entire ship erupted into bar fights? That's a good point. It's <laughs> a good fucking question. <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, pretty everybody's emotional. Dead. This, well, this episode actually has the highest casualty level <laughs> of next generation yet like 87 people died while picard and sarah yeah, after the meeting they come out into the hall and just covered in blood it just looks like the end of kill bill volume one out there <laughs> or like i just imagine like o'brien going crazy with the teleporting pieces of people's bodies and like <laughs> it wouldn't be data but somebody else like you know flushes like it opens up a bunch of airlocks and sucks half the crew out into space it's just like this data's just like mayhem. chucking barrels down the hallway o'brien <laughs> o'brien's just Teleporting people's poop into other people's bodies. <laughs> <laughs> too much, too much. <sighs> so here's where it becomes a debate. They have like a whole debate. Oh, yeah. So much logic. But you needed his help at the concert. Or is there possibly some other logical explanation for what happened that night? What happened? I saw you crying. I did not cry. I was there. I saw the tears. You exaggerate, Captain. I recall only one tear. 
I just thought that was a good line. But it also kind of reminded me of, you know, when I'm getting into Facebook fights. <laughs> you know, I make one typo and people are like, oh, your whole argument's over because you of that one typo. And I'm like, shut up. The argument yeah. still stands. It is funny that a single tear is the smoking gun in this debate. Like, yeah. It really is. That's that's the turning point. And then he also saved it for so long into the debate to be like, oh, the tear. <laughs> he kind of buried the lead there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the end gets really good. I got that too. I will not be spoken to in this manner. I hear anger in your voice. It would be illogical for a Vulcan to show anger. It would be illogical. 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 Way of the future. Way of the future. Huh. Way it's, of the future. It's pretty intense, man. No, yeah, yeah. And uh, good acting. It got intense. Yeah. I, I thought that the uh, scene built to a satisfying climax. He's angry for much of it. And you're like, he at any point could have been like, dude, check it. Look at <laughs> I, I taped you on my phone. Here's you. Here's you right now. <laughs> yeah. His his argument was pure crap, though. His argument was like, number one, I'm not the cause. Okay, guys. Right. Number two, yeah. starships encounter weird shit all the time. Therefore, ergo, I am not the cause. It's like, right. what? I told what? you I'm not the cause. Therefore, I'm wait, not. no, that's a logical fallacy. And then he's got that great line. It's not unusual for a starship to encounter unexplained phenomena. <laughs> uh, I like that line a lot. It kind yeah, of surprised me to turn into a musical of this super emotional part. Uh, would this be a good time for your quiz, Rob? This would be a good time for my quiz, actually. So, all right, I have a little quiz for y'all. Oh, I'm going to talk about 10 logical fallacies, 10 of the most common logical fallacies. I'm going to name them all. And your role as a contestant quiz a definition for the name of the fallacy that is not the actual fallacy itself, but something zany and crazy and weird and funny. Cam and I <laughs> used it. to play this game back in high school called National Enquirer. And, uh, tabloid teasers. Yeah, it was like way before tabloid teasers. That's the name of it. Yeah, we used to play that <laughs> game. And basically, we threw the rules out the window one day and just decided to come up with like the craziest, weirdest uh, answers to to these prompts. And it was it was wonderful. We were uh, Cards Against Humanity. So. I'll give I'll give mine as an example for you. So what ad hominem actually means it's not it's not actually like an attack against a person, a discrediting person. What ad hominem really is is it's a, a ad on a website for oral sex, and when you click on the ad, it actually goes to a 17-minute video of Christopher Walken slowly, slowly eating his own hair, going om nom nom and finally i oh. <laughs> finally i have a name for when that happens yeah so that's when you hear ad, ad hominem don't be mistaken it's not a logical <laughs> fallacy it's that video of christopher walken it's been going around a lot <laughs> like two girls one cup it's just real common so your your job uh rob and cam cameron oh, okay. is to uh to come up with a definition for me uh your first challenge uh your first logical fallacy is called the appeal to authority Mm-hmm. appeal to authority what is what is that logical fallacy pray tell uh well that i don't know it sounds like the name of a waxing salon <laughs> that maybe then takes all the hair it waxes off of you to turn into wigs for donald trump <laughs> appeal <laughs> for authority great love it uh i'm gonna have to come back to that one i just re- okay I really no that's great that's fine that's fine okay number number two straw man oh yeah uh, i i know this one um Straw man is the opposite of a tin man, mm-hmm. uh, which is where you give the impression that you're refuting an opponent's argument while you're actually just really low on oil. <laughs> uh, so a straw man <laughs> argument is, of course, that when you're uh, the opposite of that is when you're filled to the brim with oil. <laughs> oh, well, see, that's just the new insult I call people who suck. A straw man. Yeah. Oh, they suck with like through a straw. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Boo. Next is uh, so a straw man is when you make a fake argument and then mm. you defeat your own fake argument. The next one, number three, is an appeal to ignorance. It's what I do every day on Facebook. Oh, good. Um, hey, my. My it's an- not funny. It's just sad. My answer uh, I, is in the f- is in the form of a song. Okay, um, please. Oh, wow. It's it might not land if you don't know what the song is, but we'll see. And I don't know how it's going to play on my speaker here. It might be loud. Don't be afraid to be dumb. 
you can't be wrong if you insist you're right. <laughs> Just trust your gut and ignore all the facts. That will be <laughs> your best defense. Your appeal to ignorance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it took, it took me till then, but yes, I got it. <laughs> Uh, amazing. Uh, I'm going to give that one to Rob. <laughs> okay, okay. You don't even have to uh, judge that one. It says. <laughs> that was great. Okay. Next one is The False Dilemma. Mm. Well, I think I think you're mispronouncing it. It's more of like, A False Dilemma. It, it's French for a fake orgasm. <laughs> oh, no, that's why you're wrong, Cameron. It's actually, uh, it is pronounced False Dilemma with the emphasis on mm. dill. It's a fake pickle. Oh, oh, okay. Interesting. Can't it be both, though? Can't it? Nope, I'm right. Because if it was a real pickle, it would have been a real orgasm. Listen, okay. listen, you're either with him or you're against him, okay? So that's, <laughs> that's what a, a false dilemma argument. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next one. This is number five is mm. the slippery slope. We've heard this one a lot lately. Slippery slope. Well, as we, all know, slope, as we all know, the formula, uh, the mathematical formula to find a slope is M equals uh, Y2 minus Y1 over X2 mm-hmm. minus X1, uh, which is the rise. Uh, so it's the rise divided by the run. So, of course, the slippery slope in question is a mixed drink where instead of rise over run, you pour rye whiskey over rum. It's delicious. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> no, it's, it's just my penis. I would like one slippery slope, please. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. <laughs> my slippery slope is my penis. Good, good. Gross. Slippery slope <laughs> is also domino theory. It's moving somebody's uh, argument to the extreme and then shooting down the extreme, which is not really the person's argument. So, mm-hmm. um, next next fallacy is begging the question. Begging Damn. the question. It's uh. It's what the Riddler dreams Batman would do every day. That's all I got. Mine's similar. Mine's what you do when you need 20 bucks from a semi-known faceless detective in a DC comic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You both get a point for that one. Nice. Begging, begging the question. All right. Next up, we have Alphabet Soup. Of course, uh, this is not a joke I like to tell, but it is a sex act where the two partners make love in a kiddie pool filled with warm oil and Scrabble tiles. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that, just an aside, like they are making porn parodies of everything these days, aren't they? These in days? Fact, well, for a while, right? Like, well, just last night I saw the X-rated version of Sesame Street and you think it would just be like a soggy biscuit with Cookie Monster, right? But no, they played a game <laughs> called Alphabet Soup where all the Muppet characters just stood around the letter of the day big surprise was X in this version and uh, jerk off. And the last one, the splooge gets mounted by Snuffleupagus. Oh no. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, boy. At least I hope they had like a, a nurse on the set. Cause that sounds, <laughs> Oh geez. All right. Number eight, the bandwagon. What is, what is the bandwagon? Uh, to know what the bandwagon is, we have to break it down into its uh, original Latin, which is argumentum ad populum. Uh, we break that down. Argue is to fight. Mentum is brain stuff. Ad <laughs> is plus. Pop is regionally known as soda. Uh, ulum <laughs> is Latin for small one. So, of course, the bandwagon means to fight someone on the astral plane using your brain powers that you gain from drinking small amounts of Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm about to listen to that back to understand all of it because you know, I can't get it the first no, time. No, I got it. <laughs> well, I don't know what a dwagon is, but I definitely think we should ban them. <laughs> a dwagon. It's a lizard with wings. <laughs> Good one. Good one. And last but not least, let's do the red herring. Uh, red oh, herring right. is a fish. It's a goddamn fish. That's it. <laughs> No, it's more than a fish. It's a magical fish because in a small town in Finland, they ban the tooth fairy. So there, when a child loses a tooth, they have to place it on their toothbrush at night. And then the magical red herring flip flops into the bathroom and eats the tooth and then pukes up a bunch of like caviar all over the toothbrush as a little treat for the child when they wake up in the morning. Mm, Cameron, I have here that's just a goddamn fish. So <laughs> that's what it says here. I think... Uh, I, huh, maybe someone took my edition off of Wikipedia off. Oh, I'll have to go read oh, that. Oh, man. Good news. I just tallied up the soup. points. 
and you both win. Everybody wins. Hey, everyone uh, wins. And what you Except win, the listeners. What you oh. win is I am going to now remove all my clothing to increase your ratings because <laughs> I read that sex sells. So that oh, hopefully you yeah. get some more listeners. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. going to now remove all my clothing. That's so. a lot of clothes. The sound of nudity yes. is I'm very re- erotic. Well, he's got a lot of yeah, clothes. Yeah. Wow. This could take I do. long johns. It could take a while. Oh, a negligee. Oh, I'll take off my socks very sensuously. The snowsuit is like four layers down. Wow. We are going to share this clip of the video on our (laughs) Facebook. So, (laughs) boo boo boo. He loosened his tie. (laughs) I did. It's going to have like a funny t shirt on under there or something. (laughs) No, no, I don't don't have anything on under here. Well, that was fun. (laughs) Well, it's my my sweet post apocalyptic dad bod. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I'm eating a lot of sugar right now lately. (laughs) Quarantine sugar. All right. Well, yes, we now come to the uh, the big decision Picard has to make. He is going to choose to mind meld with Sarek to help him complete the negotiations. It's the only way to actually negotiate with these Lagarans. Sarek will gain stability and Picard will experience a fierce onslaught of emotions. What a trade-off. Should be a good time. <laughs> yeah. Pretty big deal, like, especially for Vulcans. I mean, experiencing all those emotions is like super ultimate embarrassing horrible so mm-hmm. yeah it's a big deal they go through the the first like the mind meld scene they ice is that the ice so this isolation room or the room that they isolate picard in it is lit like the masturbation room i mean the meditation room <laughs> oh right from earlier and uh, i i wondered if it was i don't know it's just like the dark lighting in this episode was all very moody and and different than most moody. episodes mm-hmm I was like, what is this, a Klingon warship? Like, that they're oh, on the bridge? Love. Not enough smoke. Not enough smoke. True. Not enough pipes Maybe in the it, middle. That's right. <laughs> um, but after the mind meld, I, I did think Sarek did a great job. I love the new, like, pep in his step. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever he was talking to Riker, like, it sounded like he did a good job of emulating uh, yeah. Patrick Stewart. And it helps number it one. him number one. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And then we get the scene that this whole episode is all about. Oh, my that's God. Right. It's, it was shot in one take too from what i understand holy, it was yeah holy cow well it was uh, hard to watch but also amazing to watch what picard says is straight from what i say screaming to the mirror every, almost every day <laughs> no it is wrong a lifetime of disciplining of discipline wiped away and it's in its place bedlam i'm so old there's nothing left but dry bones and dead friends that's what i say every day so it's very inspirational. Yeah. Um, couldn't they just put, I mean, this wouldn't be as interesting, but couldn't they just put Picard in a coma temporarily? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Well, Beverly was there with him too. And I was wondering if she at was. some point, like, so all these raw emotions, like passion, right. is passion going to kick in? Is he going to do something that he regrets later? Like I was kind of right. worried well, for Beverly for a while. He's feeling the, like he's feeling Sarek's regret for his loved ones. Like why would not Picard not, like feel his regret for, you know, not consummating yeah. anything with Beverly. And I, I do feel like that was one of the, I don't know if it's a problem, but missed opportunities of this episode is like, yeah, we get to this big climactic moment. He does an amazing performance. That, I mean, those tears that he cries are amazing. Not the yeah. fake ass tear that they put on Sarah's <laughs> freeze framed face earlier. <laughs> but like, how does he get through it? Like, like we know Picard's going to get through it, right? So it's not a question. The stakes aren't like a question of whether he'll get through it. It's how he's going to get through it. And he just toughs it out. He doesn't have to do anything special. Beverly doesn't do anything special to help him. And if nothing else, like there's something should have come from this. Like he should have said something to Beverly that changed their relationship going forward. But nothing. That would have been nice. Every obstacle that's presented in this episode kind of gets resolved pretty easily. Like, as soon as they find out what, what's going on, Picard goes and talks to Sarek, and they figure it out. And then there's a dangerous mind meld, but he just powers through it. It's it's Star Trek, the next generation. I mean, <laughs> it on. is. I know. Yeah, actually, I know. But they could have done something, I think. I don't think I would have wanted more dwelling on those. It's nice that they kind of, like, accepted it and moved on into it right away. Uh, he does mention Spock and Amanda. Amanda was Sarek's first wife. Uh, mm-hmm. Spock's, yep. Spock's mother. Which is funny that all the weird names and Amanda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, good, solid acting. It's a little, just rides a line of almost, especially the beginning when he's, <laughs> that, that yeah. gets on the, rides the line of a little silly, but the rest of it's very, uh, very strong. Good for Mr. Stewart. His, his under the breath coughing reminded me of the weird uh, uh, season one episode <laughs> where he's horny. <laughs> yeah, the horny grunts, yeah. That's an emotion, right? Yeah. That's, that's his thing. Well, it's, yeah, it's consistent. <laughs> 
so yeah uh, and then everyone's better yeah <laughs> farewells. Like, oh I, yeah we never even get to see the fucking lagarins and their slime <laughs> right that's budget, come on the whole episode that's, of talking crazy, and you can't show us it's budgetary reasons i know i, know. I assume their their benefits are incalculable for the federation and yet they're never mentioned again like never seen on screen never mentioned again it's like incalculable i think i don't think that word means what you. that would be amazing if we saw ligarian in like the new picard series it's so (laughs) oh these are the slime creatures it's so big they can't even mention it again because we can't wrap our minds around how calculable okay okay. it's not calculable by they're like lovecraftian elder gods the Logarians. it truly is yeah incalculable like we just don't know how to calculate it which like i've been Probably involves some division or something. Uh, long, long division. <laughs> definitely, definitely some fractions in there for sure. <laughs> uh, they do, they do get to do their live long and prosper shit. Oh, Aww. I had, I had chills at that moment. I had touching. Uh, they don't really good. have to spread their fingers too far. I noticed it doesn't really. <laughs> you don't have to go too wide. But before that, Picard has a little exchange with Perrin. He loves you. Oh yeah. Very much. I know. I've always known. Was that ever in doubt? Uh, Yeah, you kind of hope that. Well, I didn't I didn't really love that moment. It just felt like a payoff to some stakes that were never introduced. uh, I don't know. I assumed that he was probably cold and not very. I mean, because I am like Sarek, uh, I assumed he wasn't like he doesn't really express his love for her. And I think like most couples in. But but but. Perrin never expresses any doubt about it. Like, yeah, I mean, I understand where it's coming from, but it's just that was never established. Oh, in this I, episode. If the stakes are because Picard, during his regret breakdown, is like, I never yeah. tell her I love her, and so you're like, oh shit, he never tells her he loves her, and <laughs> that's so that's only, when you like, know we that never, the stakes are high right there. Yeah, but we never hear Perrin. We never see Perrin. Why like, would question we? it at all? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with this episode. Just they like covered that. it. Like it wasn't a terrible moment, but no, they I don't covered know. it without. They showed not told by having Picard. Well, he told. Um, they told. But, they explicitly <laughs> told. <laughs> but they showed it in his, uh, you know, in his scene. But it wasn't introduced until that moment, and and all the emotional stakes would lie with Perrin. So you would want to see Perrin question it. You don't. It's a more of a feeling. It's it is more of a showing throughout the episode. Like she's always. By her, she's like arranging flowers by herself when you first introduce when you first see her in a room and like she's yeah. always like just kind of there to can keep him like i don't know if you just watch her throughout the episode you're like oh yeah that kind of sucks that she doesn't really he's, get much shit from him yeah he's pretty harsh to her like she was my wife what are you doing like she you know sometimes as she's she's okay for a woman you know like it was more like know. a feeling throughout he's, the episode. he's very cold is that it just yeah. i don't know for the emotional like through line of the episode i didn't think that was it um, well, should we rate this mother? Let's rate it. We could rate it in the number of uh, dry bones of our dead friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, well hmm. uh, I give it seven. Seven tried bones. Probably would have been more if I if I liked drama, but I don't. <laughs> I like I like explosions more than I like drama. But yeah, seven's a good a good score. All right, I I give it seven also. Very solid. I could have uh, done with a little less muddy what the characters were up to on the side and just a little bit more meaning with the mind meld at the end. But otherwise, yes, very solid. I would say the first first watch through was like a five or a six. Like I was not impressed. And then the more I watched it, like, man, that Picard scene, Sarek, like, yeah, I, I it ended up like a solid eight, especially like okay. the way it kind of ties into everything else and Interesting. I kind of started with an eight or a nine the first time. And then the second watch, I was like, yeah, it's a little more boring when you mm-hmm. know what's going on. And I noticed some of the cracks more. Yeah. Well, I noticed like Sackett, like actually behind the scenes, like every time, uh, you know, Sarek mm-hmm. was kind of acting up, you see Sackett like ah, trying to hold it in. And it's like, <laughs> oh, he's like actually playing the. Oh, it wasn't sh- teleportion shit. It was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so we see Sarek again. He says he doesn't know if they'll see each other again, but it sounds like they do one more time. We'll find out. I don't I don't remember. I certainly don't remember. But according to IMDb, maybe it's in a clip show later on. They have a oh, back shit. for mouth, yeah. <laughs> like that Riker show. Yeah. It's kind of as I was texting John T. Bolds and we're talking about 
uh, the podcast and Westworld at the same time. So then at one point he says, yeah, you'll have to watch the season two finale again before the next episode. And I was like, that fucking shitty clip show? <laughs> I, I need to watch before I watch Sarek? What are you Riker talking about? Oh, Westworld. Okay. That's right. a good prank if, he can al- if we can always keep making you rewatch that. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna no, watch. really, watch that one again before you watch the next. <laughs> That's a rough one. That was the last one I, uh, I was a guest on, so... This one was much better than that one. So thank you for yes. inviting You're me. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had two kind of shitty episodes. You should so only far, invite so. him in for the shitty ones. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be on Tin Man. Tin Man was my favorite. Oh, oh sorry. So tell us how you would pronounce Sarek <laughs> at facebook.com slash greenshirt, at greenshirt87 on Twitter. And as always, uh, jump into those iTunes, leave those five stars, leave us a rating because then more people will listen to us. And what's our Instagram, Rob? Uh, green shirt uh, eighty-seven at at Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the Instagram. That's Marcy's job. I forgot. We fall w- apart when Marcy's w- not here. W- I'll tell you right now. It's green shirt uh, something. <laughs> what about what about uh, who would you like to mind meld with? That would be fun. Ooh, oh, I wrote fun. that down. Ooh. I wrote that down too. Oh, yeah. I actually said we should mind meld right now, and then I'll make fun of each Ooh. other. I was thinking of like a quiz where we try to read each other's minds. I oh, that'd that be would great. Work. <laughs> yeah. We're Green Shirt Podcast on Instagram. If Thank you could you. mind Greenshirt. meld with anyone in mm. the world. Tom Cruise, because I want whatever he's having. I'll mind meld with to- another Tom. Let's say Tom Green. Hanks. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Tom Green. Which Tom would you would mind meld with? <laughs> I'd definitely go for Tom Hiddleston, so yeah. oh, there you go. All right, we all so come on to those cool. social medias we just told you about and tell us what Tom you would mind. <laughs> <laughs> the next episode, Cameron, is called Menage Troy. Ooh, <laughs> is it? it? Is for reals, yeah. That's the title. I, I don't know what to do with that. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Okay, well, I bet it's so I bet bad. it's like the end of chasing Amy, and Riker wants to get back together with Troy, but she thinks he'll get a little too intense, so she's only going to do it if they can invite someone else into the bed with them. And the whole episode is Riker trying to figure out who he's going to bring into bed with he and Troy. That's correct. It ends up being... I don't know. He just he get they go into the hologram and just get another Riker. That's number one, <laughs> number one, two. But it's but it's broccoli's Riker, so it's like a little squeaky Riker. <laughs> yes, they get the little midget Riker. <laughs> there we go. I like it. Well, uh, we did it, even without Marcy. We miss you, Marcy. Uh, miss yes, Marcy. Marcy, big time. We it's not really. We're, we might want to just release this under a different uh, episode, <laughs> another podcast stream entirely. Uh, it's not it's not green shirt without you, Marcy. This is another uh, three white dude podcast. Oh boy, <laughs> just what the world needs. Well, thank you for listening to us, anyways, and uh, we promise Marcy will be back next time. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Glad you're, you, you're welcome. Have you yeah. for thanks. Always one. fun. Hey, live long and prosper, you guys. Live long and prosper, folks. Live long and prosper. And I just come.